The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. In this special off-season edition, host George Templeton reviews what's been happening since the last time the Rams hit the court. And now, here's George. All right, folks, welcome back to Rams Rewind as we continue our series on newcomers to the VCU program. First and foremost, if you like what you hear, and you want to help us out, there is a link in the description or pod me and your other podcast platforms to the PayPal account. We appreciate all the support you gave us last year, and we hope you continue supporting us this year. Now, we are about to talk about one of our uh, one of many new players that are coming in. This is another transfer from the University of California, Kawani Kawani. He's had quite a journey to Virginia Commonwealth University, and here to talk about that journey and join us is Philippe Doreen who is the co-founder and co-director of Prolific Prep of Napa Christian, where Kawani Kawani played his final year of high school basketball before he matriculated to California. Mr. Doherty, welcome to Rams Rewind. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. So this is an incredible young man. And, you know, literally, you know, moved to Australia from, from the Sudan at six. Like a lot of Sudanese people have done to escape the terrible strife that's 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 engulfed that part of the world. And he comes to America, 15, goes to actually plays his first three years of high school basketball down the road from where I live in Bradenton, Florida. I live in Sarasota. And he comes to you, Philippe Doherty, as a senior. What were your first first impressions of him when he shows up at Prolific Prep? Well, first of all, um, he was born in Kenya to escape the Civil War. So okay. uh, he was born he was born in Kenya, and he was one of the lucky 250,000, you know, South Sudanese refugees that were granted, uh, you know, a visa and citizenship from Australia. Very few countries around the world, you know, open their arms nowadays to, you know, immigrants just escaping war. And it's just um, – it's it's not an easy situation, but um, his home is Australia, and uh, but his roots are there in in, in Africa. So now we were fortunate, <clears throat> Kwani and um, you know two of his teammates uh, from from Victory Rock, um, Ibrahima Diallo, who's graduating from San Jose State here this summer, and Mawat Mag, who's a a senior to be at Rutgers. The three of them, um, you know, in the summer of well, what it was, the summer of 2018, um, you know, a friend of ours reached out and said, hey, uh, some international students are leaving a program and, um, you know, they're looking for a new home. And uh, and I said, well, we don't have that much space. We could potentially, you know, potentially take one student athlete. And we ended up taking three, all fantastic young men, um, two of them south from South Sudan and one from Senegal. What were my thoughts when Kwani came uh, to our program? One, he's a very, very, very humble person, um, very intelligent, has his head on his shoulders, um, uh, you know, but emotionally was going through a lot. And he was at a, 
you know, downturn in his uh, career life. But, um, you know, he had good support back home uh, with his older brother who had been through and, uh, you know, a little bit of the collegiate experience. And, and fortunately for Kwani, you know, he had two teammates uh, from high, you know, from, from high school that he was going to come here and, and, and finish out his career with. So um, we're, we're, we have a very unique setting here in Napa, California. Our school principals from Zimbabwe, in Africa. And she's, uh, she was raised in South Africa. She's an African woman. And, um, we've had kids from 25 countries, you know, 11 African countries. And so, uh, those kids here have done, have done fantastic. Um, just great young man from the continent of Africa. Amadou So, who graduated with a 3.7 GPA from UC Santa Barbara, is playing professionally. Alamami Karoma from Sierra Leone. Abu Kiga from South Sudan. We've had kids from all over. And the ecosystem here is, is, a, is a unique one. You know, there's not oftentimes many programs in the country that has a school principal that's from the continent of Africa. And then me, as one of the directors, I lived in West Africa for six years. I lived in Sierra Leone and Burkina Faso when I was a child because my dad was in the Peace Corps. So, and primarily West Africans, you know, this, uh, speak French, but he's not from uh, West Africa. So, uh, we've had a lot of French speaking West Africans, and and I speak French. But, anyways, we have a a melting plot of people here in a small little town in Napa, and it was probably the perfect recipe for the success that he was looking for. He was looking for, uh, you know, trust and love and comfort and, and a coaching staff that, you know, that, that's going to, uh, you know, just spend a lot of time and energy with them. And, you know, not many programs around the country have what we have. We have host families. So our kids, so our young men from around the world, when they come here, it's kind of like a minor league baseball town with no minor league baseball team, except for we're the minor league basketball team. And so, We've had 54 host families in nine years, which is a lot. You open your home to someone and you love them, you help them. And, you know, all because of the, you know, the just uh, the graciousness of your heart. And so the Westerberg family who hosted him, who hosted Kwani, to this day are extremely, extremely crucial to Kwani's success and are very, very close. They don't replace mom and dad, but they're the next layer here in the United States, as these kids go through a lot, you know, they go through most, and we help them in different capacities. So the support system that Kwani walked into, if you want to visualize his school principal from the continent of Africa, small private school, K through 12, a host family, the Westerberg family, who was fantastic, who had kids that have already grown. So he was the only person at the house and they loved him. Mike and Cindy Westerberg, who are just godsend. Um, like we've had so many, um, and then an ecosystem for basketball where, you know, we had kids from, you know, multiple continents that all love basketball and, um, and a, you know, very beautiful progressive part of the United States in the Bay area. So, you know, that's, there's no, there's no perfect recipe, but I would think that, um, you know, uh, the goals in which that he had coming here. I, I, I feel as though we were best going to help him on the court, off the court, in the classroom. And, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't easy that first year, just he was only here one year. So you got to build trust really quickly. So, you know, you have international students that come from different programs and, you know, they have their guard up. So Kwani had his very mature, had his guard up and it took two, three, four months for him to completely open up and 
and trust us 100%. And as soon as that happened, like we still, like we, we talked to him like every week, all the time, like, you know, while he was at Cal Berkeley, um, you know, what, what, when he needed help with immigration, when he, when he was going up and down, he got injured, had surgery last year, he played the entire year with a torn labrum. No one knew it, you know, just all the different things, all the different things these kids go through. They need a support system. Cal Berkeley happens to be 35 minutes from our campus. So he was always really close to, you know, to us, he'd come back and, and so, um, Kwani's a special young man, uh, a very good human being, um, who's mature beyond his years and that's been through a lot and is as quality of a person that you can hope for, um, when you, you know, when you run a college basketball program. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about his last year at California. Cause that just blows my mind that he had the season he had play with foreign labor. One thing is clear, whatever, whatever issues he might've had when he showed up at your place. He seemed to adjust really well. Again, you get into Cal Berkeley. If that's not number the number one public university in America, it's not lower than two. And he goes there and he graduates and he went to major. He went to major award. Let me make sure I get this this award that he was given correct because this kind of only way, boy, it was the Joseph M. Cavanaugh Award uh, given given to the athlete that demonstrates poise, patience, and persistence in their journey to California. So this young man is something else as a person, as a student. How quickly did it take off for him with you? Like once you talked about how once he opened up, things started to go really well. In terms of on the court, that year of prolific prep, how quickly did it take off once once he got comfortable? Well, you know, it's 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 not easy, right? So, you know, basketball programs like ours are really talented, right? And everyone has goals. Everyone has visions. Everyone has people back home that are counting on them. You know, uh, you know, it could be good stress. It could be bad stress. You know, some of these kids deal with immigration, right? So the, the biggest stress that that Kwani had when he came to our program uh, was his was his immigration status. Um, you know, where unfortunately, you know, previously coming to us, you know, you know some people, you know. D- didn't at his previous stop didn't take care of what they needed to. So the first couple months here, um, you know, Coach Billy McKnight and myself, we really, really helped them out um, because we are immigration specialists. And so he had that hanging over his head. So basketball was secondary, you know, school was whatever. So he had all these adjustment periods. But mind you, he's going into a senior year. He had the stress of colleges and all this other stuff. So he was dealing with he was dealing with a lot, like a lot of our students do. Um, People just watch games and they think everything's great or whatever. But, you know, some of these – Kwani had to get on an airplane with our head coach, Billy McKnight, and he had to fly to Vancouver, Canada to interview at the U.S. Embassy in hopes of reinstating his uh, CVS ID, which is allows – basically with his I-20 allows him to be in good status with Homeland Security. There was a five to ten percent chance that that wasn't going to be successful, and our head coach, we took time out of our, we flew up there. Um, he was nervous as heck. Uh, he re-interviewed, and then the officer in Vancouver, Canada, at the for the U.S. Customs, which is the you know the Department of Homeland Security, interviewed him for about two minutes um, and said, you know, we explained the situation, and he was he was able to re-enter the United States and reestablish um, good standing with Homeland Security. So 
Um, I know it's a lot of information, but it's you know, viewers need to understand some of these students, especially international students, they, they deal with the weight of the world on their shoulders. They're dealing with immigration. They're dealing with academics. Now, the great thing for Kwani is the, la- the English language was is his first language based on you know where where he grew up in Australia. A lot of international students, English is their second, third, fourth language, and so you're dealing with a different dynamic. I think once Kwani um, in early September when we flew up to Canada, once he got that first step, then the next step was just you know bringing his guard, lowering his guard to allow the support system of our program, which is vast. We have great strength and condition coaches, great assistant coaches. I mean, Billy Knight was a head coach overseas in China, both at the professional level and college level. Billy coached for 25 years. He's an assistant that's under Steve Lavin at University of San Diego. And Billy has just a a very good temperament about him. And I think um, he was able to really connect with them and um, just kind of you know, ease his way into a high-profile American basketball program where there's a lot of competition. Um, and uh, you know, the, the the great thing about it is we didn't have we didn't have a ton of expectations, right? We didn't, you didn't have to score twenty and do ten rebounds. So be the best version you can be. You're you're a senior. He was very mature, very intelligent, and uh, I think once you know once our season started in November, that transition was pretty quick. But I would say the first three months. From an emotional and stressful, uh, uh, you know, kind of capacity, it was very, very, very challenging uh, because there was a lot of things that he was dealing with. But um, you know, at Cal Berkeley, he was one of the only student athletes in the entire athletic department that got a four one of his semesters two years ago. He had a four So you're talking about a young man that's very regimented, you know, like has great habits that really, really, really uh, spends time on his craft, right, in academics. And the one thing I we try to urge our guys is once you go to college, take full advantage of the support systems of wherever you're at. And Kwani, you know, the basketball program there during the four years he was there was not a, not the best of programs uh, for different reasons. But he knew that um, he potentially could get a degree from that great institution. He never, you know, he might have crossed his mind once or twice about transfer, but he never transferred. It's, it, he played there four years, gave it his all, uh, was an elite student athlete. He loved Berkeley, loved the loved the environment with the international students. It's in the Bay Area. It's a great spot. He really, really liked it. You know, the basketball program was okay, probably subpar. I mean, they were three and twenty-eight last year. I mean, it's just you know, it's just uh, you know, a high major program that you know lost to Division two schools and stuff like that. Is you know, he's competitive as can be, but you know, he did the best he could, and he played the torn labrum the entire year. He had the choice of getting surgery prior to the season. And he said, no, I'm going to give it my all for my teammates. And so he would spend two hours preparing for practice to get his shoulder right. And then he would spend two hours after practice just to make sure. So, and so basically spent seven hours a day, just trying to give it us all for the program. And that, well, what a lead into, because that just blows my mind. He's he steadily improves his time at Cal leading up to a season where while his team is struggling, as you mentioned, and having a terrible year, He's having his best season, but he's having his best season with essentially one good shoulder. I I, I find that absolutely mind blowing. And so, you know, now I, I ask this question: you know, he does that nine points and four boards a game, you know, several times double figures in 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 points, nearly had a double double a couple different times. You know, I presume he's hopefully had the surgery is going to be healthy coming into this season at VCU. What 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 is this kid capable of 
if he can actually get through a season, you know, healthy and not having any of these distractions and being on a team that's going to be expected to challenge at the top of the Atlantic 10 as opposed to a team struggling at the bottom of the Pac-12. Well, a couple things. One, he had surgery like five days after the season in March. He already had that planned. He had surgery. He had, he had surgery with Dr. Benjamin Ma at UC San Francisco in, in, in San Francisco at the surgery center. UC San Francisco is one of the best surgery centers in the United States. When you go to when you go to a school, whether it be high school or college, in a you know a metropolitan areas like the Chicago's, the San Francisco's, the New York's, the LA's, there's there's usually for the most part really good really good uh, you know surgeons around, and so um, he was in great care. You know, torn labrum. You know, a labrum, you know, which supports your entire shoulder sock. He he can't he couldn't raise his arm. So playing the sport of like playing the sport of basketball or football or or even baseball or swimming, like you need your arms, right? So he played with one arm last year, um, and uh, you know, surgery was great. He's he should be cleared and be ready to go early October. So um, he's already he's already doing stuff, whatever. So if they have practices in early October, which I'm sure they do, they'll be cleared. But, you know, it's just something that he's monitoring. So to answer your question in terms of production, whatever, the first thing the first thing that Kwani will bring to VCU is he's a really, really good person. So when you're dealing with a mature, intelligent, confident person, it helps the locker room. It helps the team. He's not gonna he's not gonna be jealous or envious of someone scoring twenty or whatever. He's just gonna try to fit in and assimilate himself to a team in a program that's already really good. And so that's kind of like half the battle, right? You sometimes you look at some of these high major programs and mid major pluses, or whatever, and some are really good. And some have a lot of talent are not really good because it's the mesh. It's the coexistence. And nowadays, you have transfers that are not only grad transfers, you have one-time transfers that are eligible. I think the biggest challenge is how do we get them all on the same page as fast as possible to play this one year? Because we're going to have to redo the next year because this is the same thing every year. And so I think Kwani, from a maturity standpoint, is going to come in and be a you know a 22, 23-year-old who's been through highs and lows, and he's not going to really waver. You're going to get the same person every day, a very mature, intel- a very mature, intelligent, confident person that's a team player. Like, what does he do well on the floor? What can he help VCU with? That's kind of like what your listeners are trying to figure out. So the first thing is he's not somebody that's going to hunt shots, right? So if you have guys that can score and do certain things, he's going to help them in different capacities. At Cal Berkeley, he played two positions. He played the three and the four. What vision do I have in terms of how he can fit in VCU? He's going to probably be either a, um, a, a skilled stretch four, and maybe in – I don't know how they play. Maybe in some capacities – the way the world's going, smaller is better. A very small, you know, six, eight and a half, uh, a small, uh, a six, eight and a half, small ball five, maybe a six, eight and a half, small ball five. Or if they go to a bigger lineup, he could play a three, four, five. So what does he do well? He's um, he's not an elite athlete, but he's always been a really good rebounder. Like he has a nose for the ball. Um, I would say he's an elite team defender which, you know, in your league, your league is very, very good. I think a guy that can guard two or three positions that has really high IQ that can be a team defender, rotating, switching, knowing how to to help, taking charges, those are going to be really, really thing, really, really, really productive for him. I think also he has skill, right? So he can dribble, he can pass. I think the best version of Kwani 
is if he shoots 38% or higher from the three and can give you close to double figures and rebounds in terms of, you know, eight, nine, 10 rebounds. And then scoring is a product of what the defense allows you to do, right? So if he has three teammates that are doubled or whatever, can he make open corner threes? Can he do this? Can he do that? That's going to be the product, you know, he's not going to go out and try to do X, Y, Z that he can't. So the ability to score is based on your skill and it's based on what your team needs. And so I think he'll be a really good integration piece. Um, He's not somebody that's going to come in and be 25 and 15. That's not who he is. Uh, He's a team first player. He's very conscious, but he's skilled. He can move the ball. He can rebound. Um, And I think uh, he'll fit in in whatever capacity you'll need. And sometimes – you need guys to adjust to a team that's already maybe has guys in place and roles and his, he, his ego will allow him that. So you're getting a really good team player in your locker room, which will be helpful. I, I personally see him as somebody who's going to play a lot of power forward and, and rebounding has been an issue for our program. I always said the last several years that if we could just be competitive on the backboard, we'd be in really good shape. And it sounds like he's going to be a major contributor in terms of that facet of the game. Now, we know what an outstanding man this young man is, and from everything you're saying, we are very lucky to have him at Virginia Commonwealth University. We're a very diverse campus, so I can see him fitting in the hand and glove there. The question I have, and, and I'm curious is if he talked to you about this at all, is why BCU? Is this is the kind of kid that a lot of programs would want to have in their program. And I'm guessing quite a few programs paid him, paid him a call when he entered the portal and we're interested to have him. You talk about his maturity. Again, the fact that he's graduated from Cal Berkeley with a degree, you know, is, and has been recognized as a, as a very positive member of that campus. That's the sort of person you want to have in your locker room. So why did he pick BCU? We're very glad to have him, but why? Because, again, this is the core sort of person. A lot of programs could use a kid like this. Yeah, very good question. Um, you know, Kwani, Kwani would use me as a um... – kind of a brainstorm session, right? Like he, you know, he, he, he was on track to graduate. We are, he already knew he was going to graduate. And this process started the year before, right? The year before the discussions were, okay, do I medical redshirt, graduate, grad transfer and have two years left? Or do I play through an injury, do the best I can for the, for my teammates, graduate, and then have one year left and go somewhere else? And so Kwani's a planner, right? He doesn't do things on impulse. He's a thinker. Uh, and, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. In this environment, sometimes with transfer, like I, I thought the process that he took was he was so serious about it. I thought he would lose opportunities based on, on some of these college programs not having patience. Uh, but, but to his credit, Kwani stuck to what he wanted and he wanted to be able to – really um, do two things. One, he wanted to be part of a good program, like good people, like where he would be a contributor and, and around people that can help him, you know, take his next step. And so I, it probably came down to, um, you know, if you if we really want to get to, it probably came down to St. Louis University and VCU, you know, St. Louis University, St. Louis University had an assistant um, that came from Cal Berkeley, uh, Chris Harriman. And Chris Harriman's from Australia and Chris recruited him at Cal. And that was, you know, Kwani's confident. He was really, you know, just, you know, and Kwani was really close to him. And so um, it was one of those things where like 
St. Louis, they 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 really wanted him, but they they wanted Quanee to make a quicker decision. And with VCU, you know, your head coach, your <clears throat> your your head coach, the timing, he was out of the country for four or five days, and then the and so Quanee's official visit was delayed like two and a half weeks, and probably. Yeah, probably because of that is maybe the reason VCU got him because St. Louis couldn't wait longer. They just they had then they got a four man they committed that visited right after Kwani. You know, Kwani visited Utah State and a few other programs, but you know, in the end, I think it came down to VCU and St. Louis. There was a whole bunch of schools that called, and it wasn't really about like level. It was more about um, Kwani's a Kwani's a type of person where he needs to feel good in order to be productive. Like he needs to be around intelligent, progressive, like just, you know, guys that can. And so the culture that your, your coaching staff had um, is, was one that really intrigued him. And having played four years in college, um, regardless of his relationship with coach Crawford, who's his recruiting, uh, you know, basically his recruiting coach and coach Crawford did a really good job, was a very good communicator, very, very good uh, in terms of, you know, identifying Kwani, et cetera, did a lot of research, whatever. But Kwani, with his experience, knew that if the relationship with the head coach who makes most of the decisions, if he didn't get a chance to meet him in person and spend quality time, then he couldn't commit to a school without having that potential relationship. And so he waited and waited and waited. And finally, there was a timing where there was like a 48-hour window in the middle of the week and and Kwani was able to take an official visit and spent most of his time with your head coach, um, who is who is known, you know, who is known for a culture, um, you know, team first, winning spirit, just you know the, the things that you might hear about certain coaches or whatever. And for for him, you know, Kwani thought it was true, and Kwani developed that relationship. So. Out of all the schools, you know, all off the board, you know, now, now Kwani's not an elite athlete, right? So if he was an elite athlete, you know, then you have all these random schools that call and they'll, you know, you could play this and Kentucky needs a guy and this and all that. But, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's not the right fit. But uh, VCU needed a four-man. They needed a skilled four-man that could come in and, and help them on the backboard and also be able to maybe be double figures in points. You know, I don't know, maybe 12 points and eight rebounds or something like that. You know, who knows? But um, they identified Kwani and – you know, Kwani was patient and um, was finally able to take a visit late, and uh, it actually worked out in VCU's favor. You, you you just can't believe that we can get players like this in the transfer portal. Somebody that's a fit for this campus, for this program, for that locker room. I'm so excited that this player's coming. Philip, Philippe, this has been great. Thank you for coming on and joining me with Ray's Rewind to talk about Kwani. We here on this show, we believe it's shameless self-promotion. So anything you want to promote, social media, your high school, anything that you've got going, shoot, this is your chance. Well, well a couple things. One, Coach Odom and his staff um, are getting a really good human being that comes from quality people. So he comes from an ecosystem here where out here in Napa, you know, our program's a brand name, Prolific Prep, Nap Christian. You know, next year we're going to be top three in the country, the number one player in the country, A.J. DeBonsta from Massachusetts in the 26 classes here, Tyron Stokes. You know, we just had Muhammad Gay from the Senegal drafted by the Atlanta Hawks in the 39th pick. And, you know, next year, Adem Bona from UCLA and these guys. So we, we've always had a lot of basketball talent. We've had really good people from around the world. And Kwani comes from a really good fabric. 
He comes from, you know, where, where, where we, we preach a lot of things. We, he needs, you need to be a good person. You got to push yourself academically. So I'm happy Kwani's going to go into an ecosystem there where, you know, coach Odom comes from a basketball family um, and has done well at all his stops and what he did at university of Maryland and Baltimore, like UMBC's probably he's going to stay in history. So um, we're happy for Kwani. And, um, you know, all the guys behind Kwani that have taken the next step here at Prolific have now been, you know, our programs now on a different level, right? It went from Kwani Kwani class of 2019 to Jalen Green and Namari Burnett class of 2020 to McDonald's All-Americans to, you know, it just it continued and continued. And, and now we're entering year 10 of our program. Potentially, I'll send you an email. Potentially, we will have a TV show this upcoming year. The last time we had a TV show, we had 55 million views, um, and, and it was Jalen Green's senior season, and it was called it was called Super Team, and it was on overtime, and it was almost you know like uh, you know COVID nineteen hit on that Friday, March thirteenth, two thousand twenty. But that super that super senior team that we had, uh, super team, this upcoming year, we might have another TV show. If that happens, I'll shoot you an email. You can just let people know. They can watch, and maybe they can see the next Kwani Kwani or the next potential you know, you know, know, VCU uh, uh, or Ram that could potentially be somebody that they can recruit. So we're, we're, we're appreciative for the time. I know your show is out to the VCU fans. They're getting a quality individual in, in a young man in Kwani. And anytime they go out and say hi to him, he's going to have engaging, intelligent conversations because he's been well-raised and he has his head on his shoulder. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Well, that's it for this episode of Rams Rewind. We are going to continue with newcomers. We're going to have a look at the roster. We're going to look at the schedule soon because they, things are starting to come together as well. I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you, Felipe Doherty, for coming on. And until next time, we'll see you here on Rams Rewind. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.